Um, <clears throat> good to be here uh, with you on such a lovely morning, isn't it? It's glorious. Um, glorious morning as we come on this uh, fourth Sunday of Easter. Um, and we declare on Easter Sunday that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Uh, well, we declare that again today because uh, he is still risen today. We still come to worship a God who is alive and who is well today. So welcome while you join us in person um, or online. You're very welcome here um, to Deravulgi. We begin with a few verses of scripture today from Psalm 37, and you'll find them uh, from verse 4 onwards. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. So be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Let's pray. Colleague for this fourth Sunday of Easter, Almighty God, whose Son Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life, raise us who trust in you from the death of sin to the life of righteousness, that we may seek those things which are above, which he, where he reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. We come to that uh, point in our service of confession uh, before the Lord. We started today with delight yourselves in the Lord and he will give you desires of your heart. Part of that delight is knowing that he is a forgiving God, an able God, a gracious God, a God who touches us right where we are. And so we join together, Lord God. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done wrong in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So may the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sin. Restore us in his image to the praise and glory of his name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Psalm appointed for today is Psalm 4, and we'll say this by alternate verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down. No. That's Psalm 23. Um. <laughs> there you are. Shows you that we're not infallible, doesn't it? That sometimes even I get things wrong. You'll not hear that too often now, all right? Um, I can, well, I suppose living in a house full of women, you get things wrong all the time. Um, okay, I'll use what's on the screen. Well, that do you know what's on my piece of paper? Because uh, what's on the screen is actually what was intended. Because, uh, yeah, it was Psalm 4 that was intended. Um, so answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Tremble and do not sin when you are on your beds. Search your hearts and be silent. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. Many, Lord, are asking, who will bring us prosperity? Let the light of your face 
shine on us. And we know the Lord will add a blessing as we read his word together. We're going to hear from Sarah now as she leads us in our children's talk. Good morning, boys and girls. I hope you're all keeping safe and well. This morning, I have a question for you. Do you know what a shepherd is? That's right. A shepherd is somebody who looks after sheep. What about this? Do you know what this is? This is a shepherd's crook. And a shepherd can use this to try and steer their sheep in the right direction. Or they may even use it to protect their sheep from wild animals. Does anybody know the name of our minister here in Derry Vogue? That's right, it's James. I bet you didn't know that the same word that we use for somebody who looks after sheep, which is shepherd, is also used for somebody who looks after a church and leads those within it. So that makes James our shepherd. But what does that make us? That makes us sheep. But do we ever see James using one of these, the shepherd's crook? No, we don't. But we do see him using this. We see him using the Bible. Whenever we stray away, James gently guides us and teaches us from this Bible to guide us in the right way to go and to keep us from any harm. But James himself has a really good teacher and that is Jesus. Jesus says in the Gospel of John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for animals that you have placed on earth. Animals like sheep. And we thank you and pray for all those who look after animals. Father, we thank you that you are our good shepherd. That you direct us in the way to go. That you keep us from harm. And when we stray off from your ways that you guide us back onto that path. We pray also for all those in churches like James who lead us as their sheep. Guide and direct them in helping us to have a growing relationship with Jesus. Amen. Today's reading is from Ruth chapter 1 beginning at verse 6. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you show kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. And she kissed them goodbye and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your daughter husbands? 
Returning home my daughters, I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more better for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people, and her gods go back with her. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave me, you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realised that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So thank you to Sarah uh, and to Debbie uh, for uh, bringing us the children's talk and also uh, the reading this morning. We continue in our series in the book of Ruth, uh, and the title for that is The Best is Yet to Come. Uh, it's a sense of hope. Uh, it's a sense of there's something else yet to be done, uh, but it's more than that. Uh, it's that truth that's contained in the scriptures that God's not finished. And we can never get to the end of who he is and what he is able to do. And so in one sense, the best is yet to come with the Lord uh, because we can never come to the end of him. And so last week we heard that this story of Ruth is one of ordinary people facing everyday events that you and I experience. Uh, last week we read the first five verses and we heard that uh, Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, her world seemed to have fallen uh, apart around her, um, almost to the point of disaster or despair, that grief and sadness had compounded uh, this family almost in an unthinkable, unspeakable way where she lost her husband and a few years later loses both of her sons, having already been taken and moved away from her family units and from her culture. But at the heart of this story, and we will see that week on, week out, as we read this uh, over and over again, we will see that it's the providence of God. It is God's faithfulness um, to his people that really stands out. He guides and he looks after uh, this family. He guides and he looks after uh, Ruth. And last week we wrestled with, uh, we uh, struggled with that concept that it's not our circumstances that define us. Often we allow them to define us, but it's not. We probably uh, can already think of uh, people in our lives who have allowed their circumstances to define them. It becomes their identity. We can also already think about individuals who, depending on their circumstances, it's how they've traveled through it that has become their identity. And in one sense, that's where we find Naomi. It's how she travels through these circumstances and these life events that becomes her identity. That's what has shaped her, and that is the story that we recount today in church thousands of years later. And so today in our passage, we, we see that there's a choice to make. There is a choice to make. 
They have to choose what to do. Now, in one sense, this book's titled Ruth. It is the story of Ruth in many ways. But I think, again, today we need to focus or look at the character of Naomi. We need to start there again. Her faith is extraordinary. Ruth chapter 1 and verse 6 says this, When she heard, that is Naomi, heard in Moab, that's the foreign land, that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them. Remember, they had left uh, the, the promised land. They'd left that place that the, the Israelites dwelt because of famine. So whenever they heard that the Lord was providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return to where she had come from. Now, at first glance, she simply read that, it's, you know, she heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people. But there's so much more to that. Let's peel the first layer uh, off that onion in a sense. The first layer that we peel off that onion is that Naomi kept the communication lines open to her people. She was able to hear that something was happening. So there must have been some level of communication between her and her wider family and her culture and her friends back home. She didn't lose touch with her past. Actually, that is really, really important. How many times have you heard the phrase, I just want to forget the past. I want to move on from the past. And those may be true and right statements to make because of the circumstances that are in our past. But our past is part of our identity. It is part of what has shaped us and molded us into who we are today. Depending on the family that you were born into, depending on the country that you were born in, will shape and define your circumstances. And so our past is important. And Naomi did not lose touch with her past. And that little phrase, when the Lord had come to the aid of his people, there's so much packed into that, actually. It literally means when God had visited his people. Now, throughout the pages of the Scriptures, God visits his people in one of two ways, judgment or blessing. Whenever we hear that phrase in the original language, God visits his people, it's either to bring judgment or blessing. In this case, the Lord visited his people and brought a blessing of providing food back in the space of a famine. And so what Naomi begins to do is she recalls the past faithfulness of God into her present circumstances. She remembers from the stories that have been recounted to her as she grew up that the Lord was faithful to his people. And he set a rainbow in the sky to remember them of a covenant. And he rescued them from the tyranny of Egypt. 
And right the way through the pages of Scripture, we see that people like Moses and King David, one of the descendants of Naomi, and even Paul and Jesus, they all recount God's past faithfulness into their present circumstances. Why? Because it changes our perspective. It lifts our focus from the circumstances around us to what God is able to do for us. Because we remember that He is a faithful God. In one sense, you could ask the question, well, Naomi, what, what about all that stuff that happened to you? And in a sense, Naomi leaves those unanswered difficulties, those unanswered questions in the hands of God and her faith strengthens when she calls his faithfulness in them to her circumstances. Often we cry out, why? How? What is going on? Sometimes we will never find answers to those questions. It's okay to cry those questions out, by the way. The Psalms are full of those questions. King David's life is full of those questions. We see that time and time again with the people of God. They cry, why God? It's okay to cry the question. But in crying that question, we also need to leave those unanswered questions by faith with him in order that we can call his faithfulness to account. This is the moment in the story where Naomi turns the disaster that's happening around her into a place of blessing. Because she's not allowing her circumstances to define her. Now, having said that, we will come next week to the point where she wants to change her name. And that's an interesting moment in the story. So hang on to that. There's the line of Judy Cliffhanger for next week. No. Um, we see in verse 7, we, we hear this. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she'd been living, and she set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. That's a really easy verse to just read and move on. But peel back the first layer of that onion in that verse, and what do you find? You find no question in these two girls, opera and Ruth, no question in their hearts or minds that they would go with Naomi. No question that they were going to leave their people and go with her. Their trust in her, their loyalty to her is so open and honest that they just go with her. Verse 8, Naomi said to the two daughters, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you've shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. And so Naomi knows that there's, we will see, uh, if you read on in this passage, you will see that she knows there's no hope of her bearing another son. Because as you're in this culture, uh, if your husband died, then it was your br eldest brother who took on a redeemer status in your life and began to look after you. And we'll come to that later in this book and see how that plays out. 
Naomi knew that she couldn't have any more children. She was too old, in her own words, for that to happen. And so she urges her daughter-in-laws to go back to their homes, to where they grew up, and stay there so that they can have a life. Now, that's a moment filled with grace and freedom, where she's willing to release them back into their culture and into their families. In a sense, here again we see the character of Naomi thinking about other people rather than herself. She could quite easily say, please, would the two of you come with me because I'm going to be very lonely on my own on the journey. I'm going back into my culture and my hometown and all of those things, but it will be different. I've been away for a very long time. I'm going to need help. No, she wants to release them and set them off with freedom. And so these two have a choice to make. But before we move on to the choice that these two ladies make, uh, let's note something else in Naomi's words in verse 8. Now Naomi said to her daughters, Go back, each of you to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness. Now, in the original language, it goes much deeper than just show kindness. She's praying for them. She's urging the Lord to show kindness to them. Naomi's grace, Naomi's thinking of others, Naomi's life of prayer is something that is attractive. Her faith shines in a foreign land of Moab. Now, the two girls, Oprah and Ruth, make different decisions. One is not any better than the other in one sense. There's not a right one and a wrong one, I think. Often, sometimes we think that Ruth made the right decision and the other one didn't. But both of them, both of them were loyal to Naomi in different ways. Naomi releases them and tells them to go. And so whenever Oprah goes back to her home, she is loyal in obeying what her mother-in-law has told her to do. Ruth, on the other hand, whenever she says, no, no, I am going to go with you, is loyal to her mother-in-law in sticking with her and in going beside her to help look after her. And the weeping is important. Both these ladies weep. Whenever Oprah says that she is going back to her people, it's with weeping that she does so. There's a sense of, of grief having lost her husband and her father-in-law. She is now, in one sense, losing her mother-in-law as well. Ruth clings to her mother-in-law with tears in her eyes out of loyalty. There's a little verse in Psalm 56 and verse 8 that I absolutely love. And maybe you've heard me say it before. But it says that the Lord gathers your tears in a bottle. The Lord gathers your tears in a bottle. Now, that conjures up this image um, 
I don't know about you, but most bottles in our house don't have wide necks on them. Most bottles uh, have small necks for very good reasons. And so if you're trying to catch a tear, gather it in a bottle, you'd have to be right down below my chin, well, one of my chins, um, to make sure that you got it. But there's a sense then that the Lord is so close to us in our weeping, in our crying, in our grief, that he can catch our tears. And so grief is actually really important. It's often something that we want to dismiss. It's often something that whenever it comes to our door, we believe we should move over really quickly and get to the other side. But grief is really important in forming and in shaping who we are and how we react to the circumstances around us. Yes, as Christians, we have a different kind of hope a hope where we know that the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed, alleluia, that we too will rise with him. So we have a different kind of hope, yes. But that does not mean that we cannot or should not grieve. Tears are important. And a God who makes him known in the valley of the shadow can always be trusted in the good times. A God who makes himself known in the valley of the shadow can be trusted in the good times. And so Ruth chooses to go with her mother in verse 16. And she says, her mother-in-law, don't urge me to leave you or to turn from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. This is the turning point in Ruth's story. This is the hinge, if you like, on the door that opens for Ruth beginning to accept Yahweh as her God. I wonder, I wonder, is the hinge of your life opening where you begin to accept the living Lord as your God, as your Savior, as your Lord? Because the best is yet to come with him. As we go through the rest of this story of Ruth, we will see that the, the best of Ruth is yet to to come. I wonder, is God opening a door before us today, inviting us to step forward? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are the one who meets us in our circumstances. And in our circumstances, you give us what we need for that moment. Help us. Help us to call your faithfulness into our circumstances in order that we can see the door before us. 
that we can step forward in you, knowing that you not only are with us, but that you have already went before us. In your name. Amen. Sarah is going to continue to help us uh, lead us in prayer. As Christians, prayer is our ultimate communication with God, our Creator. But sometimes this can be the point of the service when we know that things are drawing to a close and we may not pay enough attention. But yet we are people of prayer. And so this morning, let's rededicate ourselves to this time of prayer as we pray for our needs and the needs of the world around us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for all that you are, that you are the God that listens to our every prayer, to our every heart cry, our every need. Lord, forgive us for when we come to you in prayer with a shopping list of things that we want you to do. Father, when we pray, remind us that we pray according to your will, that it is your will and not ours, that it is in your perfect timing and not ours. Lord, we give you thanks for everything that you have provided for us this week, for food, for fresh and clean water, for clothing, for sunshine. Lord, we give you thanks for all of it. Forgive us for when we take these things for granted, when we see them as essentials to live rather than blessings from on high. Lord, we pray for those who don't have these things that we consider essentials. We pray for organisations and charities such as Lisburn Food Bank and Christians Against Poverty. As in your name, they seek to meet the needs of those who are homeless, of those who are in financial difficulty, and for those who are in need of food. Father, direct and guide and provide for each of those charities as they become your hands and your feet in a needy world. Lord, we give you thanks that we love because you first loved us. This morning we pray, for all those who have loved. We pray for those who want to love and to be loved. And we pray for those who are feeling unloved. We pray that they would know that they are loved unconditionally by you, that your love has no ends and no bounds, that it continues regardless of who we are, of what we're like of whether we love you back or not, that you continue to love us. Father, as you have loved us, we pray that you would equip us to show your love to others through whatever we say, wherever we go and whatever we do. May your love shine brightly through everything that we do. Father God, we pray for everything that was in our news this week. We pray for those who received a positive COVID infection test result. We pray that you would sustain them, that they would know you as their healer. We pray for countries 
who are at war with one another. We pray that you would bring peace. We pray for our political leaders across the world who we see on the news day in and day out. Father, we pray that you would guide them. Guide them into doing what is right for the earth that was once made by your hands. Father, when they feel unable to continue in their job, Lord, equip them and guide them as a leader of the nations. And may they gain wisdom from you, for you know only what is best for your people. Father, we pray for all of those who grieve, for those who have lost this week due to COVID-19, for those by which anniversaries are coming up, and for those who know grief is on the horizon. Lord, we pray without fear, because we know that because of your son, death has no sting. Father, may these people know you as their heavenly father, the one who walks with them every step of the way, the one who dries every tear, and the one who gives us hope that this earthly life is not the end. In fact, in many ways, it's just the beginning. Father, we thank you for those memories of loved ones, of ones that we miss, and we cherish those and give you thanks for those. Father, as we go from this place today, we go into a needy world, a world that is in need of your love, of your grace. And so as people, we go out as people of prayer, as an army for you. We pray that through whatever we do, that we communicate to you that we glorify you. We're not different people on a Sunday to what we are on a Monday. And so we pray that you would equip us to be your hands and feet in your world today, wherever this week may take us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Um, as Sarah has prayed for us, um, maybe we could, um, in our own prayers, pray for her uh, and for Daniel. Um, she's here for a year, um, and so her time is drawing to a close uh, with us. Um, and so she's not present today because um, this is her moving into uh, looking at places to serve as a curate. Um, so for the next couple of Sundays, she will be uh, visiting other parishes and so forth. Uh, and in interviews uh, with rectors about her curacy. So please do remember uh, Sarah and Daniel in your prayers, in our prayers, uh, over the next number of weeks as the, that decision uh, comes uh, for them in the next few weeks. We're going to stand and affirm our faith uh, using the words on the screen. Please stand. We believe. Uh, we believe in God the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with his love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
Amen. Be draught here close today. A few very uh, quick announcements. Uh, our online programmes of life groups of uh, DVK and DVY continue. Um, and for parents, um, it is craft for Dervolga kids this Friday. Um, so you can pick up your craft packs from the rectory from Tuesday onwards, uh, the front door of the rectory. Um, uh, we are looking at considering, um, and I would like to hear if there is anybody who uh, would have a little bit of a passion or an, a, a, an interest in it, uh, of developing some kind of a community garden uh, in, in our premises here. Um, well, maybe we can grow some stuff or we can create a little bit of space uh, for people to come uh, and spend some time um, as well. So if you think that might maybe just a wee hook and you've thought, oh, hold on a minute, um, that's something I might be interested in, have a chat with me uh, and let me know. Um, the other thing uh, in terms of that is there are tomato plants available uh, next week uh, from outside the church door. Uh, so please, uh, there'll be an honesty box beside that uh, for you uh, as well. Um, masks are available in the porch. Uh, suggest a donation of two. Pa- what is it? Suggest a donation? Huh? Three fifty. I giving it away cheap, was it, Jim? I was giving it away cheap. Suggest a donation um, of three fifty for the masks. Um, there are different colours, other than black this time. So please do uh, pick that up. And all uh, profits or proceeds uh, from that will go uh, into church funds. Um, we have advertised, uh, advertised is a big word, uh, if you think you're able to help with some of our audiovisual stuff uh, and join the team um, at the back who make uh, the services happen, uh, all training will be given, um, don't be shy about that, but if you think there might be something you can help with that and join on a Rota basis for that, uh, that would be great. Please speak to myself uh, or one of the team at the back who will delightfully uh, show you uh, the ropes. David Pedlam's going, <laughs> um, so yeah. They're a good enough bunch down there. They want to get one Sam a day wrong. Um, no, that's not right. That, that, was, that was my bag. Uh, that was wrong to say that. But sure, it's good for a wee giggle, isn't it? Um, and the last one today is our Easter General Vestry is happening uh, whenever I finish speaking. Um, uh, and so we'd love you to stay uh, for that. So we hear uh, some words uh, from the Book of Numbers uh, and chapter uh, 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.